Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. You can't go to work because your business is legally required to close, which means you can't meet some contractual obligations. Help is in the cards. We're taking a closer look today at the COVID-19 Temporary Measures Act and the legal relief it re- it allows for individuals and businesses who are struggling to fulfill their contractual obligations. To help me uncover what the law means for you, joining me now live is Justin Chan. He's senior partner and head of dispute resolution at Tito Isaac and Company. Good morning, Justin. How are you doing with the extended circuit breaker? Morning, Michelle. I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well, except for um, the PMs, the new regulations that say you cannot that the hairdressers will be closed. <laughs> Not so going well with that, huh? I'm okay, except the, the, the wife seems very insistent on cutting my hair, so that may put a strain on the relationship. But uh, <laughs> other than that, <laughs> other than that, we are fine. That's good Thanks to know. Me. And luckily we're radio, so you know how you look doesn't matter one whit. It's all about your substance. So let's jump into it, Justin. Uh, if we take a look at the temporary COVID-19 Temporary Measures Act, uh, we're looking at a particular um, section of the Act today, yeah? And what this means yeah. for the public in relation to contracts. Can you shed more light there? Ah, okay. So, in relation to, well, previously, the regulations seem to address or codify things like social distancing, who you could visit, uh, custody issues, things like that. But now that Part 2 of the Act has come into force, this is in relation to the enforcement of contracts and commercial disputes. And there is subsidiary legislation which tells us how this act is to be carried, how this part of the act is to be carried out. And that is the COVID-19 temporary measures, temporary relief for inability to perform contract regulations 2020. Uh, I mean, this is hot off the press. It was uh, released on the 20th of April at 1.30 p.m. Wow. So okay. what this means is that there are basically five types of contract mm-hmm. where if you cannot perform your legal obligations under these five contracts, then upon you filing a notice of relief, um, you, you are to a certain extent excused from performing that, that part of the contract. It's not permanent. It's a temporary relief. Um, This applies to contracts which uh, have been entered into before 25th March 2020 and where the obligations to be performed are on or after 1st February 2020. I know that could be a little bit confusing. No, Um, it's good. Yep. Did you want to explain a little bit more? Do you want to talk about the type of contracts covered under the law? Um, Absolutely. Um, uh, We've got five, and, and this is what the, uh, the lawyers have been calling the magic five at the moment. They are A, secured loan agreements to SMEs, um, B, construction contracts and supply contracts, C, event and tourism-related contracts, D, higher purchase and conditional sales agreements, and E, leases and licenses of non-residential property. Okay. So these are the five basic contracts that, that are covered under the Act. Okay, and very um, important to make sure that this is non-residential property. So this is protection for tenants and um, 
relief is is available for these tenants for what kind of leases again? Uh, only commercial and industrial property leases, unfortunately. Um, residential leases aren't covered at this point in time, but um, I don't think we have that crystal ball. It's very it's very possible um, that the law may change. So we've got we've got to keep an eye out on whether this category will extend to residential properties as well. As you say, things are moving so quickly. So given that the law protects those who cannot meet contractual obligations because of COVID-19, I wonder if we can flesh it out for the listener and perhaps talk about the circumstances that fall in this category in the eyes of the law. Yeah, as I said uh, previously, um, this law only affects contracts which were entered before the 25th of March and where the obligation falls 1st February 2020. And uh, the, the key issue here is that your failure to be able to perform the obligation is affected by reason of COVID-19. So there must be a connective link between your inability to perform and the current pandemic. Okay, so um, th- mm-hmm. go ahead. Perhaps a real-life example would be this. Mm. Um, you are in a commercial lease, for example. Uh, you've executed the tenancy agreement 25th March 2019. You've been happily paying your rent all the way from the 25th of March 2019. Um, but because of the COVID this year, for some reason, you've not been able to meet your payment obligations, which fall February onwards. Right. Mm-hmm. So for the February onwards uh, rental payments, you would be capable of applying for relief. And that relief extends for six months, does it? Or does it extend um, this, indefinitely? At this point in time, the guidance is that it will commence 20th of April 2020 mm-hmm. and end 19th October 2020. Okay. But uh, I believe there is some sentiment from uh, the Minister of Law that this may be extended. And again, I, I, I have to stress that these are temporary relief measures. Right. It does not mean that you're permanently relieved from performing your contractual obligations. Okay, let's flesh this out a little bit more. And for the man on the street just listening in, say a lot of people have put down uh, deposits for a wedding that they find they can no longer hold. Who gets to keep the deposit now? Mm, in, interesting question. Um, as as I said previously, uh, if you want a... Everything seems to be pegged towards you filing a notification of relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, looking at... There's, there's a certain element of help, uh, self-help involved here. So if you file a notification of relief, the, the deposit cannot be automatically forfeited. Okay. As in, the, the event planner cannot keep that deposit. Um, if, if yes forfeited the deposit to um, to any degree, that upon filing on a notice, that, that deposit will have to be restored as soon as practical. Now, <clears throat> it then becomes a situation of what is a fair amount of deposit, if any, that the event planner can keep. Um, I Looking at it, I presume that that would be part of the assessor's job. Because uh, looking through the steps of what you can do to self-help, yeah. if you file the notification of relief and the counterparty disagrees with it, they can ask for an assessor 
to come look at the situation. Mm-hmm. And if the assessor says, well, I think in terms of the deposit, X percentage was used um, fairly, right? Perhaps booking the venue or I've spent this amount on, on F&P already without mm-hmm. any notice. Um, so if a rough and ready figure, the assessor says, Fifteen percent, right? Then the balance would have to be returned to you. We're taking a look at the COVID nineteen Temporary Measures Act and the sort of relief it provides for individuals and businesses who may be already struggling to fulfil their contractual obligations. With Justin Chan, who's senior partner and head of dispute resolution at Tito Isaac and Company. Justin, some freelancers, you know, do a fist bump or an oral agreement to seal a contract. So, does this temporary law, which provides for relief, um, extend to freelancers? Um, it, it doesn't appear to be, unfortunately. I mean, we've 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 fielded questions um, from professionals, uh, talent, uh, fitness instructors. I mean, it's 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 quite difficult. It doesn't the the act doesn't squarely address that. Um, what I can see mm. is that if that freelance contract, um, and in many cases it's an oral contract. Um, where that contract was entered into before uh, at, b- before the 25th of March, but the obligation has fallen before the 1st of February 2020. So, for example, um, if I'm a talent and I did a, sh- uh, a photo shoot for you in December 2019, and the contract was entered into in December 2019, mm. Uh, and I'm supposed to be paid immediately, that would probably not fall within the relief measures. So as a freelancer, you should be able to demand the money. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Let's talk about this self-help portion of uh, that relief requires. So anyone who wishes to have relief must issue a notice to his creditor. What is the form of this notice and how is it going to be served in an era where people have to stay home? Um, okay, uh, I, 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 I have to read this out. This is, this is uh, I think, critical um, for the self, uh, to kickstart your self-help measures. Uh, this website contains, the MinLaw website contains almost everything you need to help yourself. And that address is www.mlaw.gov.sg slash COVID-19 Dash relief, um, and uh, Michelle, if you could, you know, put that up anywhere mm. um, and disseminate that, that would be great because um, I think it's pretty, it's pretty simple to navigate. If you, I'm looking at it now mm. on the laptop, and if you, and if you go there, uh, what happens is that you've got a drop-down menu on the left-hand side, and that drop-down menu will tell you. Um, how to file the notice, the form of the notice, if you want an assessor, how that's to be performed. So to a large degree, um, if you are an individual, you help yourself uh, and enter this portal using SingPass. If you're a corporate entity, you enter using your UEN number. Okay, so you won't Um, need a lawyer to issue a notice? You can do it yourself? um, you can, you can. I think, I think lawyers to a certain extent have have uh, 
are not necessary in this process. Mm. Uh, legal help may be necessary to figure out whether your contracts are within um, these five contracts and whether they, they are susceptible to, to relief. Um, I've, I've done sort of a dry run and, and used and looked at the notification relief. I clicked mm. on that button. Mm. And the form is pretty simple. I mean, you've got uh, essentially your email addresses to be put in, you and the other side. Yeah. Um, then it asks you to specify which contract, um, the category of the contract that you want to relieve for. So <clears throat> what I just talked about, all that is there, the grant of secured loan facility, SME, performance bond, uh, event contract, like the uh, wedding issue we just talked about. All right, so it's all online and all to be done digitally. But say there are disagreements. You mentioned the role of an assessor. Say I am owed money, I disagree with the notice that's served by my debtor who is seeking relief. What can I do? Um, again, go back to this platform. The platform that is uh, uh, at the, the MinLaw website. The, um, so when you get there, <laughs> there you will be guided uh, as to how you kickstart the assessor, the assessor provisions. And again, uh, I, I should add that um, it, it doesn't require a lawyer to do. So if you there are disagreements, who is going to adjudicate the, the, the disagreements? Between uh, the assessor landlord? would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I've cut you off. Uh, That's all right. So who is the excess assessor? Um, right now, we don't have... Uh, we don't have the identity of the assessors. What we know is that the assessors will be appointed under the Act. Okay, so is it fair to say, Justin, you're not going to need a lot of resources to mount a challenge to any notice that is issued against you because you have um, to go to this website? Yeah, I think that's the beauty of, of, of this system. The, the prescribed fee for the application to challenge the notification for relief, for example, is, is $0. Right, right. You literally don't need money to do this. Mm. And um, you're not allowed to have solicitors representing you in proceedings before an assessor. So again, um, lawyers aren't, aren't really at the forefront of this fight. It is really sort of a self-help mechanism. What advice do you have, Justin, for those who are looking to enter new contracts within the next six months because their current contracts are expiring and they're wondering, should I write in a clause that absolves me from having to fulfill anything because of COVID? Do they need to think in that direction? Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, going forward, we we are in um, the employment situation is fairly uncertain. And vis-a-vis employer and employee, um, I think what is um, the key thing to aim for in a contract is some kind of flexibility. So as you correctly pointed out, force majeure would be one of them. And force majeure strictly in relation to to the COVID-19 situation. Um, I would also recommend that there be no restraint of trade clause because it's such a dynamic movement of people. Um, it's possible that um, I have this job, but this job would only last six months, for example. Um, in most um, box standard employment contracts, there is this 
uh, clause which says you, you cannot act for a competitor within X number of months or years. Now, if that is in place, that would be a significant obstacle for you to find the next job because we're not, I think continued employment must be the, uh, must be the key and any, anything that preventing me from um, continuing my employment with somebody else, uh, any clause to that effect should not be entered into. Um, I would also recommend that the, um, you, you fix some kind of um, payment in lieu of termination. Because if you're working for a very short period of time, for example, um, then if the employer says, you know, I, 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 can't, I can't afford you anymore or we can't work something out, then um, X amount of dollars in lieu of the notification period. People usually give one month notice, for example. But in today's age of COVID, you want to move on to the next job as soon as you can. So monetize that one month uh, notice period. There's a lot of great insights there. Justin, before I give you a plug, is your firm still offering free legal advice on Wednesdays? Yes, we are. Terrific. Justin Chan there of Tito Isaac uh, and Company and his firm is offering free legal advice every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Justin, thank you and stay safe. Absolutely, Michelle. Thank you as well. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.